Welcome back to the One Two Kentucky Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our baseball team is headed to the Super Regionals, and they're lifting right now. So if you hear some music and some weights banging, that is them. But anyways, on the podcast today, I have Adam DeFelice and Eric Orizaba from Southwestern University. Both Deef and Orizaba are former Kentucky strength conditioning coaches that I recently got to reconnect with at the CSCA National Conference in Orlando, Florida. We had a great talk about their current roles at Southwestern, and we reminisce a little bit about their time at UK. As always, I hope you enjoy our conversation. But very happy that you guys have joined me here. I texted you guys a few weeks ago, and Deef, you were in Italy. How was that? Um, It was awesome. I mean, it's, it's hard to like put into words. I think the best way to describe it is it's like these moments of just pure joy, bliss, relaxation, but then also intermixed are these moments of like incredibly high stress. Oh, really? Yeah. What what do you mean? Just, just from, so like, to, I was actually just talking to uh, Eric about this. So the on the flight out, we uh, I flew out of San Antonio. We had to get to New York City first to be able to get the flight to Rome. And New York City, the JFK airport is um, like completely under construction right now. I had no idea. And every time I've flown internationally, I, I didn't realize this at the time, but now I remember it is I was already in the Northeast. So I just had a flight out of JFK. So I just had to show up to the airport, go through security. I never connected. So you have to actually, we landed in one terminal. We had to leave the airport, get on a bus. They drove us like where the planes were. And then, and then like we had to get another bus to like, what looked like we were just going into New York city. And I'm just freaking out because we're like, like we're supposed to board in 30 minutes and I'm oh, like, oh, we're going to have to go through security again. Like, oh my gosh, we're not going to Italy. Um, and uh, we ended up like showing up to like go through security with our boarding pass. We had the wrong boarding pass. Like we had to get an updated one. So we go to the front desk of like the Italian airline um, site uh, place and we got like the updated boarding pass. Luckily there was um, a guy there that was like, you just come with me and you'll skip security. Like you're not going to miss your flight. No big deal. So that helped me calm down quite a bit because this dude was so calm, so nonchalant. We're like, he's talking with his coworkers and like flirting and stuff. When like my girlfriend and I, we were just waiting, like, okay, we're ready. Like, can we go through security now? And he's just like, oh yeah, yeah. Just a sec. You tell me when you're ready. I'm like, we're ready now. <laughs> like we've been ready. Like the flight's leaving. And, um, but that helped me calm down. Cause he, he was, he just brought us right through security. Um, and then we, we got on the flight and didn't miss any flights and once you were in Italy, was did everything calm down or was there still moments of high stress? Because I feel like I would be stressed out being in a country where I did not speak the language, know the culture or customs. So, uh, yes, there was still like some high stress moments. I'm trying to think of uh, one specific. Well, one in. Um, oh, OK. So with money. So I had um, we like ran out of cash. Um, and 
like all we had was our credit cards. Like we didn't take debit cards over there. Yeah. And part of that was, I didn't realize this and, and this is going to make me sound like very stupid, but I think you're going to say something that I ran into when I was in London. So go ahead and say it. And I'll, so I didn't know that an American in account debit card can work in a foreign ATM. Yep. And I still had, this is why we ran into trouble. This was the high stress. I still had from my time in Spain, when I was teaching, I still had a Spanish bank account. I still have an ATM card. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, great. I'm just going to use this when we need cash. We have our credit cards to pay with. And then I had some leftover cash um, from like trips previous. So I, we had euros. So I'm thinking we're good. Turns out my card is, is gone. Like there is no more money on the card. It won't work in any ATM um that like we're trying to 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 use it on um and then like there we were in naples and places in naples i guess like cash is still king at least in that yeah. part of italy so like a lot of places it's like oh we don't take cards so it's like we're very quickly running out of cash uh, long story short we just ended up getting cash through our credit card and just it just did like the cash advance thing. And that's when I realized like, oh, you can, all you have to do is click, like, I don't want the, tr um, I don't want the exchange rate, just give it to me in euros and it'll just charge your credit card and it'll, the, your bank will end up doing the exchange rate. So that was like a moment of like, oh my gosh, like we're now we're going to be stranded in Italy with no money. <laughs> 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 i ran into the same a similar situation in london where we ran out of the cash that we brought and i was trying to pay for things with a credit card but my american credit card couldn't be processed with where we were i don't know what yeah. it was whether it was a different type of chip or whatever but kind of ran into the same thing and obviously that's stressful being in a foreign country and not having the funds that you thought you'd have or easily yeah. being able to ex uh, assess those funds in a timely manner. Or yeah. Zaba, have you ever been to Italy? Uh, no, I have not been to Italy. No. I've only been down, down south pretty much. <laughs> Love it. Well, we're recording, so we'll hop right into it. So let's start off by this. And Orzaba, Deep has already talked enough, so why don't you start? Let's start with your official job title and the teams you worked with at Southwestern. Yeah, so I'm the assistant strength and conditioning coach here at Southwestern, and the teams that I work with are men and women's soccer, men and women's swim, men and women's lacrosse, men and women's tennis, men and women's golf, track and field, cross country, and then I assist with football. So it's quite a handful. Awesome. And I should have said this, and I will in the intro, but, you know, you were at UK, Deef was at UK, and I was just telling Coach DeVrent, this will be a cool episode because you guys are working together now, but your times at UK are just so far spread apart in, in years. So Orzaba, tell everybody when you were at UK as a summer intern and then a coaching assistant. Yeah, so I got there in the summer of 2021 uh, as a summer intern. Um, you guys asked me to stay on as a paid assistant. So I was there for the whole fall semester of 2021 and then right as the spring semester started that's kind of when um I started transitioning and applying for the job at uh Southwestern in late February I, I showed up down here in Texas awesome pretty much summer and fall awesome Deef Orizaba has a ton of teams what teams do you have <laughs> I thought he covered them all <laughs> almost um so I will say that like 
for, I don't know if you want to include this on the podcast or not, but before Orizaba showed up, um, the way that it worked was I, me as the head strength and conditioning coach, I was the only strength coach there was. So of course I'm the head coach because there's only one of me. Um, So I, I started by working with everybody um my my first semester here um and then now i work directly with football volleyball men's and women's basketball baseball and softball love it and tell everybody when your first summer with us at uk was and when you graduated because you actually were summer intern yep did our shadow year and then you hopped into that ga role yeah um so summer of 2012 uh, right after I graduated, um, I came down to Kentucky as an intern. And I remember that part of that intern pool was you guys kind of said, like, we're looking for a GA because we have an open position. Um, mm-hmm. So we're just going to choose the best one of you guys. Um, and so you guys offered me that position later um, in August. And then, like you said, my first year was just the 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 coaching only um you know no classes yet and then so my the, the final two years would have been 2013 to 2015 um i left in summer of 2015 uh because i got the assistant job at incarnate word with Lavat. um but i didn't officially graduate until 2016 because oh, really? i had to yeah so um i had to get like practicum credit or internship credit or something like that um and i had to like talk with dr abel and basically we figured it out where i could just count like my job um as the practicum so i needed to to do that and like you know write up some reflections and do all those things so um i wasn't able to sit um for those like final exams you know yeah Yeah. until the, the following spring yeah so let's talk about you, just your career as strength coaches. And Orzaba, we'll hop back to you because Deef's path to where he is now is a little bit more, not not very linear. But mm-hmm. um, Orzaba, tell everybody where you did your undergrad, maybe any internships you did before you got to UK. Then obviously your full first full-time job is where you are now. So just talk through the er, early phases of your career. Yeah, so I got uh, my undergrad at Northern Illinois University. I graduated from there in 2018, I believe. And um, for my internship that I did for my undergrad, I actually got hired on um, as a sports performance coach, which is at an ice rink um, that kind of has a weight room by its like in itself. And that's where kind of a traveling hockey team did their weightlifting and strength training out of. So that's what I was in charge of, as well as kind of working with general population. Uh, so coming out of undergrad, I didn't know exactly what route I wanted to take, but that internship last job kind of made me realize that I wanted to work with uh, athletes just because they are more determined and kind of want to reach their goals with like a higher purpose, I believe, like mm-hmm. with competition, being better at their sport than just the general population that kind of might put it in, in the back of their head. Um, so with that, I started looking into grad programs um, and I got accepted into the grad program for exercise science at Aurora University, um, which was only, it was an accelerated program. Um, It was also during COVID, so it was only three semesters. So I got my coursework done there and I also interned through their strength and conditioning program um, for a little bit. And in uh, in those classes, that's when I got in touch with coach Stephen Wood. I know he's not longer at UK, but uh, he was one of our guest speakers 
from different strength coaches kind of letting us know about the field. And he introduced uh, the internship opportunity um, to us, to our class. So then I kind of just jumped on the train, applied. And uh, fortunately, I got accepted into the internship program at Kentucky, walked in there as a summer intern, again, stayed for the fall as a paid uh, coaching assistant. Uh, and then Coach D was the one that kind of referred me um, to DeFelice. Uh, he was looking for an assistant. He thought I was going to be a good a good match. So he told me that I should apply. So I did that and got in touch with him, the whole interview process. And thankfully, now I'm down here in Georgetown, Texas. Now you're here. D. Yeah, thankfully for me, he's here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dave, let's talk about your path. So you were with us right out of undergrad. Yep. Um, did an awesome job for us. That was a cool time in our staff's development because it was, you know, I was telling, once again, I was talking to Coach D right before I hopped on here with you guys. Like, right now we got eight summer interns, five to six, you know, you know, core group of our main strength coaches, like whether that's GAs and full times. When Deef was on staff, it was, yeah, Coach Tracy, who was leading yep. the department, me and D. Metzger was there and then it was like you jumped on bar there was just five of us and that was it and how we got things done in Shively I don't know but Orizaba's experience with us was much different because much more summer interns staff was bigger we have Nutter weight room and Shively weight room but we'll we'll get to that in a second but let's talk about your path so you were with us at Kentucky after undergrad then you went to Incarnate Ward and then take us from there yeah so I was um I got the job at Incarnate Word uh, in summer of 2015. And at that time, uh, Coach, so Coach Lavotte was the director of strength and conditioning. Um, and that school was still going through a transition period from division two to division one. I forgot about that. That's when it happened. Yeah. 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 And so but when I got there, that was the final year where like by the NCAA, you have to like go, kind of go on probation for four years until you're officially accepted. So that's when I got there. Um, I was there for three years, uh, kind of long story short over those three years. Um, there was, a, there was a lot of turnover, um, within the department and, uh, with sport coaches. And then also in stranding conditioning, um, Lavat left and they brought on, it was basically, you know, the typical, um, new football staff, new football, you know, coach wants to bring in kind of his own guy type of thing. Um, and so uh, Lavat was was let go, and uh, Coach Huth, Brett Huth, who's now at Texas State, um, I was with him for like a semester, um, and then that's when I decided uh, to pivot. Um, so in that would have been summer of 2018, um, I left Incarnate Word, um, and I decided that I wanted to kind of pivot into the language world and the education world, um, which brought me to Spain. Um, so I was there. I first went out in, uh, fall of 2018. Yeah. It was for like a trimester three month deal. I was at the university of Salamanca. I was just studying, um, language and culture, Spanish language and culture. Um, and then, um, came back to the States, um, and then went back out again, the following spring, uh, to sit for, well, to study and then sit for um, what's called a DELE. It's a, it's a diploma. It's an official diploma of the Spanish language as like a foreign language. So in, in the sense of it, it kind of gives you like an official level. 
Um, and it's something that the Spanish government does. And it's an official piece of paper that will allow you, like if you're using it for, to show like competence, it's, it, I guess the best way to put it is it's kind of like a CSCS or an SCCC or USAW. It's an official piece of paper that you can say like, I kind of know what I'm doing when it comes to speaking this language or understanding this language or using this language. So um, I did that and then that allowed me um, to basically get a teaching opportunity um, out there and stay out there. Um, and I went to the Canary Islands and I taught English as a second language, but also helped out with physical education because they, you know, I explained kind of like my athletic background, my coaching background, and they thought that it would be really cool to try to incorporate like English into like other classes as well and specifically like uh, PE. So yeah. um, I did that for a, a school year and then COVID hit and we were all uh, stuck inside. And, um, and that's when I was like, all right, I think it's time for me to try to go back to the States and, um, <laughs> you know, be closer to my family. Um, yep. and so, so when, did you, when did you get to Southwestern? So Southwestern, I didn't get here until fall of 2021. Okay. And yeah. then Orizaba showed up winter 2022, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very shortly after I got here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so question for yeah, you is what made you, you had that great experience traveling, being in Spain, coming back to strength and conditioning, what was your thought process with that and why Southwestern? So, um, after, so this is kind of funny and coach Tracy's involved. Um, so after, after I came back from Spain, um, I was kind of just trying to figure out like my next move. Um, and, and I was kind of already thinking like trying to combine, uh, you know, my coaching background, my coaching experience, but just in a more like educational type setting, whether that was like high school or college or whatever. Um, and I ended up getting offered a job um, at a, um, a Catholic school in, in Philadelphia. I was living with my sister and it was just right there, like inner city. Um, I did that for a year. And then, um, and I realized that the age group that I was with, I don't think was right for me in the sense of I, I would have a different personality. Like I was teaching fifth grade gotcha. um, and, and middle school Spanish um, and kind of like, you know, and my principal at the time, she kind of helped me figure it out too, where she's like, you're, you're like really, really good at like eighth grade or high school. That's, I see you as like the perfect teacher um, where with the fifth graders, I think I'm still a little bit too, like they're younger than I realized, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, long story short, um, I was talking to coach Tracy just randomly. She was, we, you know, just kind of checking in and we were, um, you know, she was just asking me about, you know, my path and everything that I've experienced since the last time we talked. And, um, and she mentioned to me, like I was looking for, I wanted to try to find something that allowed me to combine everything that I have experienced, but also am passionate about. So like part of like the reason why I pivoted out of strength and conditioning to begin with um, was just because I was discovering like other things that really fired me up and motivated me. And I found like different passions, um, like language and teaching and all that stuff. And um, when I was talking to coach Tracy about this, 
I was like kind of just telling her like I want to try to find something that combines all that but I don't even think it exists like other than like being a strength coach like in a Spanish-speaking country or something like that right um so she was like next well, best things Texas right <laughs> and so well, she, what she said is she's like well what about like something that like Yox does how he worked at the high school level mm -hmm. she's like have you ever considered like high school level or maybe like a smaller school like a d3 where you you know it's still strength and conditioning you're still coaching but like it's, it's a different environment um it's a different atmosphere and there's a lot more like teaching in uh, you know involved and it's it's a little bit more education focused and i was like you know what like yes the idea has crossed my mind um you know and then i honestly just kind of ran with that uh afterwards i started looking a little bit more seriously at um like high school jobs and and in texas like i'm sure you know this a little bit because you have family down here but um like Texas high school department, athletic departments are kind of, some of them like already are kind of like college yeah. in the sense of how serious they take athletics and how much money they're willing to put into weight rooms. And, and they have like full-time training conditioning coaches and stuff like that. So it's a little unique versus where I grew up in Connecticut. Like that's unheard of. Like oh, we yeah. just had some random old dude that would just read the, sit on the leg press machine and read the paper, you know? Um, so anyways, I, it's, that's kind of like how I started to just, um, I guess like change my focus We're like, okay, let's, let's stay within like high school D3. And then the more I thought about it too, I was a D3 athlete. You were a D3 athlete, mm -hmm. e, Metzger, all of us at that time, we were all D3 athletes. And so like, we obviously have had our own athletic experiences a lot different than like where we were coaching, you know, yeah. like at Kentucky. And I just thought like, you know what, like that was some of the best, I mean, it really was some of like the best times I had was just my athletic experience at Springfield. Um, and I was very lucky because we had like a legit weight room and a, a really good strength program. And I just thought like, you know what, maybe this is like, like the right next move where I can kind of go back into the environment that I had as a student athlete and try to like have that impact and pay it forward to the kids nowadays. So that's my long winded answer of how I got to Southwestern. I, I was looking and I found um, that they needed a head strength coach. I think there was a, a couple other schools um, like D3 schools in the Texas area um, at the time, but they were just in like, they were like way far up North and, um, uh, and to be honest, like my girlfriend's from San Antonio. So I was trying to find somewhat close to that area. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just worked out like that, you know, right here in Georgetown, it's just North of Austin, central Texas, um, and D three school and they needed a, a strength coach and, and I went with it and, and, and here I am. That's awesome. So, yeah. Um, one episode we did this years ago on this podcast, it's, you know, and you mentioned it, whether it was me playing division three football, D division three wrestler, you division one baseball, Metzger division three, uh, gymnast, but we kind of kept that trend going for a couple of years. So Stephen Wood, who was an assistant strength coach here came from a division three school, Brendan McDonald was actually at the same school as, um, um, 
Metzger just years later. Yeah. She played yeah. Division three basketball for a little bit. So we did an episode called D3 to the SEC. But that will be a good segue into one of my questions for you guys. And I'll throw it to Orizaba. You know, what are some of the pros and cons that you're seeing in Division three athletics? Um, you know, you coming from Kentucky, you were with us for a little less than a year, then moving to pretty much across the country, different state, and then obviously a much different climate when it comes to, you know, D1 versus D3, you know, SEC conference, you know, top tier. What what are some of the pros and cons that you're seeing in your, because you've been at uh, Southwestern for a little over a year now. So what's your thoughts with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think my biggest pros that I uh, kind of found working here and obviously being at Kentucky is that a lot of the sport coaches here kind of give us and trust us knowing that we are the strength coaches and they kind of let us do what we do and not trying to interfere, um, always checking up on us and like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Or I don't want you doing that. Um, they kind of really give us the freedom that I feel like we rightfully deserve to kind of um, enhance the performance of the student athletes that we have. Um, so I think that's that's a big pro that I see in the D3 setting. Um, also, another thing is that um, at a D3 level, I think they really focus, again, a lot on the student experience rather than just sole competition and winning. Um, so I think being able to provide a just very basic, general, better kind of experience for the athlete than, rather than just like you have to do this because you have to win, you have to do this because you have to be here. Um, it's more of kind of, I guess, relaxed in a way and not super kind of a, a chokehold on the athletes. Um, I think that's also a big, a big pro. Um, takes a lot of stress off of the athletes, kind of just not really focusing on being super, just only their sport, only an athlete. You know, we want to focus on also giving them a good experience as a whole student overall at Southwestern. So I think that's a different point of view that I kind of got ex um, exposure to when I came down here. Um, but when it comes to the cons, I think our main one, and I know um, Coach E. Place will, will agree, is just logistics at this level. Um, so we have 20 sports teams and we only have one weight room. So scheduling, making sure that everybody tries to get what they want when it comes to how many times they're lifting and everything like that it can become a headache. So I think just being limited on some resources and, and just logistics is probably one of the hardest things that, that um, we faced kind of trying to have all the sports teams run through one weight room. Yeah. How do you guys make it work in regards to like, obviously at Kentucky, it's, um, you know, softball lifts at this time, baseball lifts at this time, then swim team comes in. It's very like, very much a scheduled and organized, but I'll give you this example. When I was at Duke years ago, we almost had like open hour times where like, hey, you can come in between seven and um, noon. Uh, just make sure you sign up for your time, but you come in, get your program. Strength coaches will be on the floor between that. We'll take a break for lunch and then we'll go again from two to seven where athletes could sign up again. We didn't have a lot of um, team lifts. It was a lot of open hours. So how do you guys make it work? Um, yes, I mean, we still have the time slot kind of format where it's either me or um, the police on the floor. Um, the only time that we're both on the floor is for football, just because there's it's a bigger roster and they yeah. have multiple time slots. Um, but yeah, we kind of try to alternate. So it's like one hour I'm on the floor, another hour he's on the floor. We try to limit ourselves to not being more than three 
hours consecutively on the floor just because that just gets pretty exhausting considering that we have a lot of teams throughout the day yeah um and we also have to work outside of class schedules so pretty much kind of from that 8 9 a.m time slot from noon one um there aren't any teams during that time just because a lot of the kids can't can't make it because they have classes so it's either we're, we're going in the morning kind of going back to back knocking them out six and seven and then afterwards three four five and then just kind of knocking them out as they come in but we do have just that time slot format um we do we have been offering kind of just like a time slot uh, like monday wednesday friday for like a makeup um just for kids that can't make it or they have something going something on pops can, up or something yeah. yeah you can come in at this time and and get it get you lift in if you want to but um yeah we just stick to the traditional um, time slots awesome Deef, what's some pros and cons for you? Um, I think that I agree with what Eric was saying. Like, I think the, the biggest pros are, and this kind of has to do with what I already talked about, where like I'm a former Division three athlete and I kind of want to be able to have that same impact um, on the kids. I think that uh, the biggest pro for me is that in my position as the head strength coach, I am in charge of this department and really nobody tells me that I have to do this a certain way. Um, and Eric kind of talked about it with the sport coaches, um, pretty much all the sport coaches, some are better than others, but they all kind of, I've had a, a ton of conversations where it's like, well, you're the expert. So just do what you think our team needs. So that, like, that's great because that's it's, awesome. like, it's kind of just like a blind trust where the sport coaches are able to admit, like, I don't know anything about strength and conditioning and you are the strength coach. So whatever you think is, mm -hmm. is right. Then that's what you should do with my team. Um, but I mean, it's like anywhere else, we still also have some coaches that are kind of, um, that are going to want to know why, um, or that are gonna, you know, maybe have, they have some experience, uh, in the past and they maybe you know, like want to do things a, a different way. Um, but I would say like the, the, the freedom that I have and the autonomy is a better word. The autonomy that I have as the head strength coach, um, is, is a huge pro for me at this level, because that's something that, you know, has been explained to me and it's supported by administration where like, this is, nope, this is, that's your weight room. You're the guy, you run it, how, how you, uh, want to run things. Um, and, and I would also say like with it, when it comes to like the student athletes that allows me to stay or keep things in perspective and like kind of be big picture with them where like, you know, and don't get me wrong, like I want to be just as competitive and win as many games and win championships as any other coach um, that gets involved in sport. But I also like the fact that this school allows me to be big picture with the kids in the sense of like, I'm the one person and Eric is the other person, but you're going to see us the most over these four years in college because you're going to see us all year round. Mm -hmm. And so like, just knowing that, you know, the interaction that I have with the student athletes for that long of a time period, I can either make their college experience, not that I make it, but I can impact their con con uh, college experience either positively or negatively. Um, and so 
I, I, I like that, you know, I'm allowed to kind of have that ability because I can keep things in perspective where I'm just going to teach you how to move well. I'm going to show you how important and, and how, uh, you know, just lifting weights, training, exercise, things like that are something that you're going to be able to carry with you when you're done playing sport. Um, and, and I just, and, and just building the relationships with, with the kids in that regard where, you know, I, I, I don't care how much you squat. I really don't, you know, I just want you to squat well. And I want you to keep, just keep progressing. Um, and I want you to enjoy being a student athlete because, you know, being in the weight room is part of the deal. Like if you want to be a college athlete, like you need to get in here and you need to train. And I want it to be an environment where, you know, the kids want to be in here. Um, and that's, so that's a huge pro for me because I'm able to do that and I'm able to do it my way. Um, and, and I'm able to kind of have that, um, you know, that, that impact, um, or that influence on their college experience where maybe at the higher level, there's just more pressure because it's, you know, with, with, with everything involved, you know, like wins, losses with, um, you know, um, like the NIL deals. Yeah. Now. That's what I was going to say. Like yeah. Yeah. Kids put pressure on themselves immediately. And, and, you know, Eric kind of already said, like, we can keep it relaxed, relaxed in the sense of like keeping things in perspective, you know? And I, I think that's what, that's what I love about it. Um, cons would be yes. Logistics, logistics are a headache. Um, like scheduling is, is the most difficult thing because, you know, we have a 2000 square foot weight room, 10 platforms, five double-sided racks. Um, and we have 500 plus athletes coming in here That's on a, a weekly lot of basis. Athletes. Yeah. And there's only two of us. So we have to find a way to make it work. When do you guys um, start in them? When do you get there at six, like first group at six? Yeah. 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 So when's um, the last group typically finish up in a normal fall, spring semester? Normal. Um, so fall is usually a little bit later. At least it has been in the, in the past. We're going to try to see if we can change that this year we have it scheduled a little bit different um what's a little bit later at, like six o'clock six p.m oh shoot that's like a long last day group, last group was seven um where this year i think last group's gonna be six i think is what we have it scheduled so 6 a.m 6 p.m like first group is 6 a.m last group is 6 p.m um we have that big time in the middle when the kids are in class that we try to just keep blocked off so yeah Kind of just schedule as much as we can with that morning block schedule as much as we can in the afternoon block and then we still have like what i call like just makeup time where basically you know we'll be kind of on the floor roaming around but it's kind of on the kids to just grab their cards check in with us uh, multiple sports in here at one time yeah um yeah so that that's one con and then another con would be um it and it was, I talked about how it, it was a positive, but one thing that it, it could be a negative at this level is that um, because this is more about like, nobody's on scholarship, the kids are playing the sport because I mean, yeah, they're still recruited, but they're choosing that they want to play that sport, right? Um, that there are times or there's a learning curve of the, how you should take like the seriousness of what you do. Yeah. If that, if that makes sense. It does. I think sometimes that's frustrating because for me, and I ran into that when I was an athlete, 
you know, like, you know, I used to have some teammates that didn't really like me because I rubbed them the wrong way because baseball was important to me and I mm -hmm. wanted to, you know, work as hard as I possibly could. And some guys were just playing just because, you know, it was something to do and it was, you know, um, it was like anything else to them. And I think that, you know, at this level, you do have some kids that treat it like we're at a division one school. And then you have other kids that kind of treat it like, this is just, like, I just do this for fun, hang out with my friends. It's just kind of like a club sport mindset. Um, so that's kind of a con where we, it just, it, we have to put in a little bit more work to kind of teach them the culture and the environment of, of, this weight room and kind of what it means and that, you know, just because you're not on scholarship or just because, you know, you don't have an NIL or just because whatever doesn't mean that you're going to take it any differently or any less serious than, than those athletes would still going to work hard. You're still going right. to put the effort because that's what is required of you in life. Um, let me ask you this. So one cool thing, cause it had been quite a while because of COVID um, that I was able to go to the CSCCA conference. And one of my favorite things that I, I tell God's honest truth, I like forgot how many people that I knew as strength coaches that are just out there. And a lot of them are from our Kentucky strength and conditioning tree. So being able to reconnect with you, Deef, and see you or Zaba. And then there was a few other people that I'm that I didn't really think about on a daily basis that I'm like, Oh, this intern now works with this person who was an intern with us back in the day. And it's cool that they're working with each other. How has it? And I know that your guys's time at Kentucky is very spread out, but has that helped you all from a staff dynamics, the way that's if you want the strength and conditioning program to run at Southwestern, uh, and I, the example I think I can give is like Coach Wags at UTA. A lot of the time, she has hired our interns as her GA because the way we do things is very similar to the way she does things. Because her and Steph both came from the same tree in that giant strength conditioning family tree. You know, how does it work with you all? Um, I think that one. I think that's something that I really enjoy about working here is that. I think we really click and we're really on the same page when it comes to the expectations of how the program needs to be ran. Um, so I think it's it's a, it's really cool to see that we're both kind of organized and and diligent and kind of carry that from what we learned at at Kentucky. So I think that just moves out a lot of kind of like issues that might come up. Um, we're just um, really good on communicating with each other. I mean, we see each other all the time, so. Um, we're really diligent about how we do things. And I like to say that we're kind of ahead of the game when it comes to the whole athletic department. Um, so I, I think that's something that I think we can be really proud of when it comes to kind of just running this program as just two people. Um, and it just makes it really, really enjoyable just knowing that we have the same mindset and then we can run like a well-oiled machine. Um, and it's something that also kind of caught me by surprise just with being in Kentucky and how you guys kind of always push us to be those things, be organized, be diligent, um, how other people in the athletic departments are not kind of on the same page and it shows. Um, so I kind of came out of Kentucky thinking like, oh, everybody's going to be organized. Everybody's going to be diligent. You know, communicating with sport coaches is going to be super easy. There's not going to be any problems. So, and then I got here, I'm like, oh, like it's, it's really not like that in the real world. You know, yeah. like Kentucky does a really good job that you just think it's, 
nature for everybody else to do it like that, but it's not. So at least in knowing that that my boss is on the same page, um, it's really it makes it so much easier, makes it so much more enjoyable. Um, and I think I like to thank Kentucky for making me that kind of that way, even though that sometimes it does get kind of like monotonous thinking like, oh, my God, like I'm overdoing it. But at the end of the day that I know that I'm at the end of the day, I'm just doing my job and doing it well. So that kind of just makes me kind of put things into perspective. That's awesome to hear. Awesome, Warzaba. Do you, do you guys ever swap stories? Like, hey, yes, where I don't. And once again, talking to D about this earlier, just the time that you were with us, D, things have changed so much. The way we run our internship, the way we just go about our business. Probably there's a ton of things that I was like, you know what, D Felice, back in 2013, this is exactly the way we're going to do it. And now there's things that it says, I can't believe we did it that way you know, 10 years ago, but do you guys ever swap stories and Orizaba looks at you like, no, we didn't do that at Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so you talked about it and I didn't realize it was this, if I do, if I'm doing my math, right. Yeah. I got there in 2012 yeah. and he got there in 2021. Oh shoot. Yeah. So that's like what? Nine, nine, nine years. years. Yeah. Yep. So um, it is funny because when we do swap stories, he'll like tell me stuff and I'm just like what like you guys did it like that now like your staff's that big you're doing like you have like all these like like when I was there like uh and and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong but you guys have like lift cards now right you kind of change that process no we well, I mean we do number well we do our number sheets it's not really like a traditional lift card where you have like okay. a whole cycle um is, that is the athletes still see how we still how we did it with the number sheets yeah i oh. mean the number sheets look different they definitely look different than what they did but it it's it's definitely not like a traditional lift card that most right. programs use okay so like but i'll just explain <laughs> i'll tell them stories how like we were only in shively yes <laughs> <laughs> uh metzger and i shared an office in the back which was basically a glorified storage closet it was right? a storage closet <laughs> <laughs> right that was turned into an office yep um and just like i remember like we were talking about like um like the bumper plates we, we were that's what we were talking about the other day the works in bumper plates yeah i was like we got those yeah like we ordered those we used to have intech and i would yep. tell them how intech ones would like those were terrible you know, oh they my were God. awful bumpers um and it was just like you know he's telling me like yeah I, you know we operated out of nutter like yeah i spent a lot of time in shively because of with working with track but it's like yeah that's right because shively became basically the track and field facility yep. um but just like it it's just crazy to think that with how it uh how i guess small it really was mm -hmm. but we didn't run it like we didn't run it like that you know what i mean like yep. the way that we operated and i remember coach tracy saying like one morning to metzger and metzger shared it with me later she's like you know you'll never go anywhere else and be this productive and have this much fun. And it's like, that's true because yeah. if you're having as much fun as we had, you're probably not organized or productive at the other places, or you're super like, you know, crazy organized, but it's just not enjoyable. And, and 
my time there, it was the best of both worlds where, you know, coach Tracy had it down. And then when she moved up to administration, it was just kind of like, all right, next person up. And it was just like the system ran a certain way and it worked and it was uh, crazy efficient. And um, so just to hear the stories from Eric now about like, Oh yeah, we've had we had like there was eleven of us that summer. I was like eleven. <laughs> that's literally like there was five of us. Yeah, <laughs> like, at one time it was four of us, Deef, because we hadn't replaced Rankin or Steph left, and then we hadn't hired yes, Rankin yet. Yeah, so Rankin didn't show up yet. Yep. Yes. That's I right. often that's when our coaching assistants complain about maybe they're working too many hours, I'm like. All right, guys, let me pull out my schedule from 2013. All right, look yeah. to see where I was. All right, here's Deep's yeah. schedule. This is where he was. Yeah. Like you had your own teams, then you were assisting yeah. with everybody. Same thing for Metzger, same thing for D. That that year when Steph left and we didn't hire Rankin until like two semesters later, like that yeah. following summer, that yeah. was tough. That was a tough time but like you said we also like i think back to the time when it was me you d metzger and even when Rankin came on board we did have a ton of fun like i remember the videos we made for steph when she left yes. the room to go to administration <laughs> and we just made the videos for her to hey I, i'm trying to think of something that we did well i remember talking about videos this was during my application process i think you showed me the video of the police like smashing the whiteboard and shining. Yes. Yeah, so I saw that. I'm like, that's, that's going to be my potential boss. I was like, oh my God. And I told him about it. I'm like, yeah, I saw you the video. I think I sent it to Deep. Like, yeah. yeah, you did. You texted yeah. me and you're like, look what I found. And I was yeah. just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh oh, remember, oh, you and Metzger were twiddle D and twiddle dumb. Yeah. That twiddle we made D the video of yeah. she would, or you were pushing her on the, um, the, the dolly uh, the dolly yes that yeah. we used to load like gatorade waving. up with so here's a yeah. good example deep like strength staff we don't deal with the gatorade stuff at all anymore you remember oh, what wow. a pain in the butt that was when yes, they would like deliver gatorade we had a sign for it and then move it all into the facility like our nutrition staff handles all of that so that's just one thing like we got a giant staff now and then even some of our responsibilities that we had as strength coaches is kind of been delegated yeah. to other areas but I think that's like a perfect, like, it's funny to think back now and uh, with like how much we had on our plate, but at the time our perspective was like, okay, whatever, this is just the way it is. And, but yeah. we're also like really good at doing this. Mm -hmm. And I think that that just helps anybody that goes somewhere else. Um, like, I know it helped me a ton when I went to Incarnate Word um, and, and Eric already talked about like the two of us even though we were separated by nine years, it's still like cut from the same claw. So like, he knows what I'm thinking before I say it. Like yep. um, we both have the same approach and the same perspective on things and, and kind of just our way of being organized and being efficient and my expectations of him um, to help us, right. As my assistant, but then also his expectations of me as his, you know, supervisor, um, and, and kind of how we balance each other out and how, and what we're trying to do to grow the department. It's like all of that experience at, at Kentucky is like really what we draw from. And then obviously this is not the university of Kentucky, so we can't do things exactly the same way, but if, 
it makes it easier for us to then like make that adjustment and, and move on, you know? And it's like, he said, we're a well-oiled machine. Like, like, and I'm not trying to make anything seem negative. This is just the positive of our experience and us working together now. Like I would argue that the strength and conditioning department is the most efficient on campus. Um, the most organized and the most on top of things yeah. where we have plans, like whether that's training cycles for the student athletes, whether that's emails and communication of things that we need to get out to sport coaches or to administrators, like we're prepared for every meeting that we go into um, with like what we're going to say and, and anything that needs to get communicated. Um, and then also just anything that needs to get done coming out of meetings. Or if I ask him like, Hey, we got to get this done by this time so we can do this. And then he's just like, Oh yeah, I did that 10 minutes ago. You know, it's like, you know, I, I think what was, um, Eric, you'll have to tell Spurlock. I think it was, I don't think it was the summer programs. It was, um, what did you get done that literally was done before I asked you? Oh, I think it was, uh, the sign open hours. What was it? Yeah, open hours. Yeah, our open hours sign up sheet. So when it's like dead week, um, the way we work is that um, we just send out kind of like an Excel sign up sheet to like the student athletes saying if you want to come, here are the time slots. Sign sign your name if you're if you're gonna be here. Um, so that's just kind of second nature. We did it in the um in the fall. It was the first time we did it, and we kind of had a good turnout with how the kids received the sign up sheet. Um, so we kind of did it again. So I I mean it was coming up at the end of the semester. So I'm just like, you know what, I'm just gonna knock it out. And then, yeah, he just he just asked like, oh, can you do this for me? I'm like, yeah, I, I did that like last week. That's so. a good feeling too. It's like, yeah. yeah, boss, I already got that done. But that comes back to you. And we talked about it a lot here when, during your time with us, you know, habit number one, being proactive, being a forward thinker, big part of our brand. So I think you already had that instilled in you, um, but hopefully everything that we went over with you, through our CA development that just kind of helped, you know, make it rise to the top. So when something like this happened at your first full-time job, you can be like, yeah, boss, got that done a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I owe it to Kentucky that, I mean, even if I might have had those qualities already, I think that Kentucky really showed me how to kind of portray it and like augment it more into kind of like a work scenario and kind of be confident in yeah. the skills that you have. So I, I think that's something that you guys do really well when it comes to to the interns that come in the summer. I think it's it's a good wake up call as well, too. If you feel like you're lacking in some attributes, um, you guys do a really good job at letting the interns know, like, OK, like I, I know you're capable of more. This is what we see from you. And then this is kind of the expectations that we have. Um, and I think it's also something that kind of carried over to Southwestern here. It's like just my expectations, um, like I said, with. Um, with Adam and then just even with our student athletes kind of just the expectations that we have for the program are pretty high and we're always striving to kind of make it um the best that it can be with what we have awesome let's so we've been talking to him for about 50 minutes now so let's finish up with some goals that you guys might have and Deef, I kind of jotted this one down because I remember us talking at the conference where you were you're looking to buy some new equipment so talk through with me like whether it's personal or you guys as a strength department, what are some of your short-term and long-term goals that you have on the forefront? So um, 
I'll start off and I'll, I'll try to be quick. Um, I think like <laughs> you short, never are. I'm I thinking know, back to those so videos we made. Remember we made the video of you telling a story and it's like 20 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause coach Tracy would say, see, I'm already going off topic, but I got to say it. Uh, I had to give the, the recruiting talk to swim the swim recruits one year. And, yeah. and he goes now deep, you have 10 minutes. That is it. <laughs> You have to stop talking after 10 minutes. I said, okay, I got it, coach. I got it. And I'm pretty sure I was in there for like 25, 30. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think like short-term goals, um, we were able to, we were fortunate enough this past spring semester where I was able to get like some um, new barbells that are um, very similar to the old Rogue ones that you used to have when I was there, where it's kind of like that hybrid bar where you don't yep. have to switch between strength movements and Olympic movements. So that's helped a lot. Um, you know, I think that our, our short-term goals right now is just to continue to make this room as efficient as possible. We've, we've kind of, ever since I've been here and since Eric's gotten here as well, he's helped me with, we we're, there's always little things that we're changing about the room to try to create more floor space or, or whatever it is. Um, in terms of like actual, uh, equipment, I would love to get, um, some Alico, some, some, BA Alico training plates. Um, I think that's like the, the number one short next move. If I can, you know, get the, if the price is right and I get the approval, um, you know, I don't see why I wouldn't cause it's the, would you go pounds or kilos? Uh, so I like really want to go kilos. Yeah. We've talked about this. Um, and, and Eric will have to chime in and, um, I like really want to go kilos because that's what we had. And I still do it. Even when I like, like I did some power cleans yesterday and I'm lo- loading the bar. And then when I re- record what I did, I'm putting what I did in kilos, even yeah. though it's, it's pound plates. Cause I'm just so used to like doing that, just counting it like that. So I would love to do kilos, but I know the confusion that it would create with our kids where it's like, all right, maybe, like maybe we can find a way if we do get kilo plates, we'll have to find a way to kind of do what we had back the in the cheat day. I sheet. I still got the cheat sheets up in yeah. the weight room. I'm actually, what, our works on plates are, they've taken the beating over the years. Some of them are falling apart. So I've been talking with D and I'm like, Hey, if I got to order new bumpers, do we go pounds? I really like the kilos, but maybe the pounds would just be easier moving forward. So that's something I'm struggling with as well. Or yeah. Zaba, what do you got goal wise? I mean, for the uh, department, it's kind of the same thing, just being able to maximize what we have. Um, I, so I don't want to repeat that, but some goals that I have at least for, just myself at the moment, um, just being here at Southwestern. I, I mean, I've told Adam this a couple of times that I want to be here at least through a graduating class uh, just because I want to see the, uh, the way that my programming and the way that I coach, how it can develop an athlete from their freshman year all the way to their senior year. So that's something that I'm very interested in uh, looking at. Um, but long-term, um, I also talked to him about this as well. It's just maybe also looking into a higher division level, you know, D1. It doesn't have to be power five or anything like that, but I would just want to be able to experience a little bit more of uh, an individuality between teams. So for example, like right now, I have so many teams where I can't be everywhere at once. You know, I'm always kind of just in the weight room just because I kind of have teams back to back. Like I'm not at their practice. You know, I, I don't do... um 
a lot of uh, speed and agility work with them just because I'm always busy. And that's something that I kind of want to expose myself to just because, you know, even though I did see it at Kentucky, I, I saw it only as a, a paid assistant, not as a full-time assistant strength coach. So that's something that I kind of want to be exposed to and just to see how different it is. And if I, if I like it as much or more as what I have now, um, but that's not something that I see doing in the near future, but it's, it's something that I really want to explore moving, moving down the road. Obviously this is only kind of my first year and a half, uh, being full-time. So, I mean, I have plenty of time to, to kind of explore that, but for the near future, I'm going to be kind of staying here and being able to maximize the strength program that we have and make it the best that it can be. You know, we always say you always want to leave a place better than when you got there. So I think that's something that I really want to take pride in before I, I hang it up here. I think what you just said is incredible where you're in a good spot. You got a great boss. You're, you're, you're enjoying what you're doing. Um, you might have ambitions to, you know, go, go somewhere else, whether it's, you know, going division three, division three, or going up D2, D1, whatever it might be. But I love that you said, Hey, I want to be able to stick around here to see a graduating class freshman, the senior, you know, that's going to make you better as a coach. Um, that's going to give you a heck of a, a lot of credibility as well. When you hand your resume to somebody and they're like, Hey, this guy was at this, this university made an impact for four years, which is a good amount of time. And now he's, he, he's paid his dues. He's much more mature. He knows what he wants in life. And then you're able to make a decision from there on whether you want to, you know, pursue another job opportunity or just stay where you're at. So I think that's an awesome perspective, uh, Orizaba. One thing I jotted down, um, I think it would be good if you guys hop back on here, maybe in, in a you know few weeks or a few months. Um, but I would love to pick your all's brain when it comes to programming. You know, what we just talked about was a lot of logistics, like, hey, connection to Kentucky and, you know, um, you know, pros and cons and goals and things like that. But I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on, Hey, you got 500 student athletes you have to manage. You got a 2000 square foot weight room. You got this many platforms. Like what is your thought process as you're putting a program together for football or basketball or track or whatever it might be and kind of get into the weeds um, into a podcast episode that would highlight that. How does that sound to you guys? I, th I think that'd be really cool because I think that, uh, I mean, anybody that would be listening or whatever, anybody's that curious, they'll see that there's a lot of similarities you know what I mean? Just like solid principles. And I think that they'll just see like, you know, if you truly understand like the principles of your programming, you can just kind of make it flexible and change some things based off your environment. I know that like Eric and I actually talked about this, I think a couple of weeks ago where like, I feel like I don't program all that different than I kind of always have. Obviously things have changed and you learn more and it develops over time. But like, I still have the same approach to my programming as I did, like when, like, as we did at Kentucky and yeah. then how I did at, uh, at UIW. And I still kind of have, like, it's still the same, but it's not, it's different. It actually on paper looks completely different. Um, but when you really get into it, like, like you said, like in, in the weeds or whatever, um, you know, I think you, that would be, that would just be cool. I think to talk, to, to get into to details with. That'd be great. Everybody out there listening. If you have any feedback for us, don't hesitate to email us at UK strength at UKY.edu. Thanks and go cats.